We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Most valuable player, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Two seconds. Middleton. Yes! Chris Middleton. Jumper. Got it. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep Podcast Network. This is a... I was going to say a recap. I guess it's not really a recast. recap. I'm off the rails already. This is a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish. I am joined by a cross-selection of GSPN podcasters. We have Adam McGee of the Winning Six podcast and, of course, my dutiful co-host, Rohan Kadi on the Eurostep podcast. We are recording after the Bucks dispatch the Indiana Pacers, but this is going to be a little bit more general look at the team through their first four games Fellas, how's it going? It's going good. I wonder at what point could I get an adjective? I was I was thinking this when I listened to last week. Like, at what what does someone have to do? What what has to be scaled here? Jordan, I don't think got an adjective last week. Um, so I don't know if you want to break down I the might, thought process. I might have given him one actually. Maybe so you I did, thought, and, and maybe I, I that was it. I, I started yeah. thinking. Wow, have I ever got an adjective? No, it seems like I haven't. I think the reason is just like, I feel like you're so renowned. People already know all the adjectives that apply to you. What are you trying to say to me, Ty? I don't need a hype, man. It's a no-win. It's a no-win situation for me on this podcast, (laughs) uh, which was not the case for the Bucs against the Pacers. The Bucs are 3-1. and And I think, you know, if we had heard that a couple weeks before the start of the season... We go, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, they played Brooklyn and Miami and um, the San Antonio and Indiana. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense the Bucks would go. It's not overly impressive for this team. And then if you got all the details on who missed all of these games, how little cohesion and health the Bucks have had. I mean, Drew and Brooke Lopez missing two games. I think Brooke missed three and they both missed two so the Bucks really have not been... I mean, if you count Dante as a starter, they haven't had their starting five all year. If you count Grayson rightly, they've had them exactly one time against Brooklyn. And they're still 3-1. and one, And I think their loss was uber disappointing. But on the whole, for a team that's clearly being very cautious and making sure to not overexert anyone to too much of a degree, I think being 3-1 and one is a pretty big win considering 
Like they're without four to six guys basically every game. Adam, what are your thoughts on the Bucks start? The Bucks are good. The Bucks are really good, and yeah, in spite of in spite of all of the injuries, I mean, it kind of it kind of sucks because we we got the first game and we got to to see something maybe that we weren't even entirely sure in the build up to the season. Some of the question marks are in Giannis. It's like, are we going to get everyone there for ring night? Are we going to get something close to that? Obviously, Bobby didn't make it. And they did. And that was kind of the end of that. Maybe the end of that for a little while yet. Uh, but to be kind of weathering the storm in the way they are, when you've got five guys minimum, that, I mean, they've had some more. You've got both two-way guys needing to play some sort of role and play some minutes. That's very impressive. I think it's even more impressive considering Brooke and Bobby are out and this team desperately, desperately needs a competent big just to soak up a few minutes right now. And you come out the other side of it like, tonight, this is against the pace. This is a real like quality win when you're playing a team that are maybe, I don't know, is there anyone else if either you could think of or would you argue it? Like they may be best suited to exploit the books having no size, considering they are in this situation where they've got two centers that always have to play, that they're trying to work out, well, how do we survive with this? Well, you would think a good way to do it would be to go up against a team that really have no centers and are trying to avoid Giannis being that. And yes, you know, Goga Batadze in the mix and all, but the books won. So, I mean, things are looking really good. I, I think individually, there's a lot of positives, even with guys, you know, Mamu, the Sandman experience so far, it's been tough, but I think this is really good. Like, if you want to take the flyer on him, part of, I think, what we all would have thought is, when's he going to play in the NBA? What's We talked about what's his position going to be. He probably needs to be a big. He's not capable of being it right now. But hey, is it a bad thing for like week one, week two in the NBA for him to learn where he's lacking for, you know, to get a clear sense of what has to be done, how far he has to progress? Like, I'm I'm not trying to take us down a, a Sandman rabbit hole to begin with, but I just think that's the ultimate example of even some of the weirder things they've been forced into. Not all bad. I and mean, you've got a record of three and one. It's It's certainly not something you're going to complain about. You, you can't really complain. I'm, I'm going to get on my soapbox for a second here. So there's a lot of... Di- I've been more active on Twitter recently than I have been in a while. I'm trying to make a concerted sorry, effort. I'm sorry for you. Some- yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's, not- <laughs> it's an experience. I'm, try- I'm trying to make an effort for everyone, okay? Some people complain that I'm not as active. I'm trying out here, okay? <laughs> so a lot of what I've been noticing is just... And this is just Twitter in general, and Bucks Twitter in general especially for this team, it's just panic, panic over reactions. I'm going to take a book, uh, a page out of the book of one of Wisconsin's great athletes. R-E-L-A-X. People are panicking. Big time, big time Packer fan. Adam McGee is all over that. I I know. I knew I got that straight away. I was like, I know where this is going. Just relax. Take a step back. It's fine. Adam, you hit it right on the head. They're not like they're banged up. They're still three and one because this team is really good. There's a lot of room for them to grow. Like we're going to talk about, there's a lot of things that they can clean up, a lot of things that need to be sorted and will be sorted with player health, a lot of potential moves down the line, but it's fine. Just calm down for a minute. It's all good. 
they can lost i weigh the... in on your twitter strategy sure tweet more read less i think bingo. that's bingo i, I, that's I a think bingo. that's the way this needs to go i i, I people are panicking i honestly i wasn't aware Maybe of that panic panic isn't the right word but just people just get antsy yes, we're still doing the antsy. thing where you know game to game and i mean who cares just i don't even i just tweet stuff that's sorry everyone who follows me who i just tweet stuff i'm not reading most of your tweets sometimes i see some of them sometimes i don't but yeah i watch a game i send a tweet it's great it's books basketball <laughs> they're the nba champions and they're true at the start of the season so I mean, I knew Ty would approve of advice to tweet more and read less of other people's stuff. It's really advice that Ty could give. But I, I live by that. It's, yeah, I, th- I think in this case, that's the best advice I can give you. Right? I, I have the tweet shot selection of Chris Duarte. Every, everything. <laughs> everything looks good to me. Everybody looks like food to me. I'm putting up everything I can. Uh, and so that's that's how you get some hits. It's nobody bats a thousand, but that's how you get some hits. So... I let's talk about the injuries quickly because I do think it's a just obviously a huge story of the team. And I think it's a little aggravating to talk about because the Bucks just give you nothing, right? Like this is, we've talked about this before with Bud who infamously famously, I guess it's just to me. So those words don't apply. But when he was asked uh, during an interview, like what I think I might've been the Bucks broadcast. I don't remember who, you know what? What are you? What are you seeing the team do well here in this early action that you've been working on in camp? He replied, "Playing five on five, which is just like perfectly epitomizes how little you're going to get from him or the Bucks." We don't have real timelines, I think, on most players. Although, like Drew being kind of in and out of the lineup really makes you feel like okay, it's something nagging. It's clearly not all that serious, or he wouldn't. It's have It's a different it injury. It's is it? It's labeled as such, but are we? Do we think it's related or no? I mean, the first one was a heel contusion. The second one's an ankle sprain. They're different. Could be. Could I mean, is, do we know if it's the same foot? Say, yeah, I was going to say. I have no idea. I mean, they could just be labeling whatever. Like, I yeah, sure. Could, yeah. I mean, um, Brooke, is, Brooke has missed three straight games with back soreness. So I'm not sure if I exactly trust uh, the, the designations we get. Fair don't point they have wrong. to be in, extremely accurate, though? Like, wasn't that a point of emphasis after I, I don't think, management like four years ago? I don't no, think I they think have they just to be have to, that They have level. to stop saying load management. Yeah, That's what that they, uh, they, have, okay. they have to give. So the they can specific... just lie? Well, no, yeah, it's man. not a lie. Chris's ankle, well, uh, Drew's ankle was slightly sore once, so he's going to miss the game with an ankle sprain. I, I, I think, like, he's legitimately got an issue. No, I think he does, too. But... Uh, and I think Brooke definitely has a back issue, and maybe that's something we should be honestly a little concerned about because this is the guy who, you know, he decides to sit on the floor or lie on the floor <laughs> in timeouts because, you know, chairs are not for him. And he, he has had <laughs> issues with his back. He's had issues with his foot earlier in his career. So um, for being the most ridiculously durable book, getting a little bit older, some back issues. I mean, we're not at any point to get too worked up about that yet, but that's definitely one to keep an eye on, particularly as we're kind of, we're not getting any change of that. There's not a, you know, oh, it's his shoulder today on the injury report. So, And they told us, the, the part that I don't like about it is they told us so far in advance, like in the lead up to Saturday's game, they were like, yeah, Brooks now playing on this trip with back soreness, which is just like, I, what I don't like about the Brook thing in particular is, 
If he is hurt, that's just concerning. Although, again, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it would be an especially long-term thing. It's a long regular season, whatever. It doesn't seem like outside of Dante, who I, I don't even we don't even, we have no no idea about Dante, but outside of him, it doesn't seem like any of the injuries are gonna be like months, maybe not even weeks. You guys, do say. you guys think Dante knows Dante? Do you think Dante still exists? Do <laughs> you think Dante just maybe forgot how to play basketball? And they're on ring night, and I felt very Sorry for him. I thought that was yeah, that was tough. He got kind of a there was a nice pop, good cheer for the crowd, and it was like, yeah, it's rough. I was I was thinking about it too near the end of the game. Grayson's obviously looking, I think, really good. I know shooting percentages might not quite be there, but this game helped. He looks like he's gonna make everything anyway. <laughs> Every time he shoots, you're like, oh yeah, well that's gonna go in. It's like, oh, it didn't, which is kind of the reverse Dante, you know, <laughs> I mean, based on what we've been used to. So I, I, I do feel for Dante because I think that just must be really, really tough at this point to have watched your teammates go win a championship after you got injured to now start the next season. And this guy's just arrived. He's, you know, already taking extended. your extension, yeah. you know, drinking his milkshake and he's, he's out there and he's, he's playing really well. And if you're Dante, you're like, Oh no, Rodney Hood's back too. What if he like, what if he looks healthy? You know, it's that's a tough one. But he's, he's good on that one so far. <laughs> yeah, he, he's good on that one so far. Um, uh, but by the time he comes it. back, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's the bigs that this is going to surprise absolutely nobody. It's the bigs I'm concerned about. Um, I was concerned about this going into the season. I kept putting this hypothetical scenario out there where like Brooke misses a few weeks and maybe Bobby picks up a knock it's like well, what do you do and as we found out you play mamu you're like okay tanasis you've got to come in you're like pat you're gonna you guard so disappointed about you're Thanasis gonna guard uh, no that's fun as a gimmick uh i don't want to see a lot of it don't want to see a lot of it i i'm fully on board with some tanasis minutes and tanasis did some really good stuff tonight particularly offensively in that role um defensively in that role how many minutes can he realistically last in the game not because you're going to pull him but because he will foul out if you don't that's that's definitely a concern but you know even the Bobby thing I mean it's the reverse of Brooke where you're getting him ruled out in advance it's like everyone yesterday was getting really excited about the injury report it's like oh Bobby's back and then it's like no Bobby is not back so that's an issue going into the season where you look at the roster, it's pretty obvious. And here we are. It's a problem right away. I don't know what options they feel are there to address it. Maybe they just ride on past it, but it's it's definitely something that it's got to be monitored because they're getting bludgeoned on the glass. Like it's a real problem. All of a sudden, Brooke's not there, and it's like everyone gets a reminder. They might be winning, but it's like, what does Brooke bring? And you often see people who maybe don't pay the closest attention. They're like, Brooks got four rebounds, which has been the story of Brooks' career in terms of how people have, have framed his ability as a rebounder. Robin, too. Um, but they are, if not, the, yeah, you know what they are. They're the two best kind of box-out guys in the NBA. Steven and Adams would like a word. He's up there. He's one I, of those guys. He's, he's up there. He's one of those guys, too. Same with first. Personal favorite of mine. I have like um, limited edition. I think I have like the third of 150 Stephen Adams mustache wax. 
I remember Wait, this. what? Yeah, this this is real. He sold, Wait, hold he up, sold hold it. Up. Adam didn't I'll explain. It, I'll post the picture. No, he mustache. sold it. There was some like he teamed up with some like I don't know, chic you know California men's grooming boutique. There was like a limited edition Stephen Adams mustache wax. I was like, this is something I've got to have in my life. So I ordered it. I got. It's numbered. Mine's like the third one. I assume he kept the first two for himself. Maybe the, the next like 147 were never sold. But I do have one. I'll tweet out a picture. Um, so I'm not. You I'm just not tweet that out Stephen right on. as we're done with no context whatsoever. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I watched very little preseason. I watched more than Jordan. Um, but the thing I watched almost zero of was media day. The only NBA media day content I watched was like a 25 minute Stephen Adams Grizzlies interview. So Stephen Adams, I'm not knocking him, but Brooke, Robin too, but Brooke in particular, this is what he's really good at. And there's an element of kind of flashback to when the books just used to not be able to rebound at all that you get when you see these games when he's not out there. And I, I think it's interesting because He's the name. Look, we all know he's getting older. The end of his time with the team is going to come before anyone else. But there are fans, definitely not me, um, who they'd be quick to be like, oh, you know, maybe you could trade for this guy and you'd use Brooke and this. I'd be like, mm-hmm. Not quite sure on that. Brooke is to this team in, in terms of specifically what he brings. He's the linchpin. We know this. But I also think he's really difficult to replace. So it would be interesting if the back issues linger and he misses quite a bit of time, even as Bobby comes back. I, I think that's something that could be a real eye opener for the books, not just in the now, but also in terms of, okay, well, we have some ideas for this spot in our roster, or that spot over the next two to three years, but what are we really doing at center? What is the plan beyond Brooke? Because at the moment, it's, it's certainly an area of concern. I'm glad yeah. you bring up the the rebounding aspect of it. I just looked up the numbers. Again, this is a very, very small sample size. The Bucks are currently 18th in rebounding this season, which is a far drop from their number two spot last season, where they were just 0.2 rebounds a game short of the Utah Jazz for the league lead in the rebounds per game. So you're right. They're missing a huge part of their rebounding scheme in Brook Lopez. And that's how the Bucks sort of steamrolled their way to a title. They just got more possessions than you. They're going to outwork you. They're going to beat you down low. They're just going to outwork you, outpossession you, outshot you. And Brook Lopez is a massive, massive part of that, literally and figuratively. It's just, it's very, very tough to replace. There's very little if any, people in the league that can replicate what exactly Brooke does to this team. And it's already showing how, how important he is to this team. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at the Bucks got out-rebounded in two of their four games so far uh, against Miami by a lot. That game was just, everything went right for Miami in that game. Pretty much nothing did for the Bucks, And they also got out-rebounded tonight as we're recording against Indiana, but they won that one. As Adam said, Indiana basically plays two center, although... They just really didn't play Miles Turner for most of the game. I don't. I don't really. I don't know what Rick Carlisle was thinking on that one, but I'm not mad about it. Early definitely helped trouble. the books. It, early foul trouble. Yeah, Gian, two, Giannis yeah. got some kind of early success too. 
his way. But I mean, just yeah, looking at Sabonis the books, was a brick wall against Giannis. That's very brick true. is a good brick is a good word, but brick shoes, not brick wall. Okay, you say early foul trouble. Do you know how many minutes Miles Turner played in this game? Twenty-seven. Fourteen. I know. I know. Fourteen yeah. minutes, oh. and he ended with three fouls. He had two fouls and twelve minutes with like three minutes to go. And I was like, where? I thought he got hurt. I was like, where is Miles Turner right now? Minus 15 in 14 minutes, which is, you know, you got to put great. in some work for that. It's not great. It's not great. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's the the thing. And I, I tweeted it kind of in game at whatever it was at that point. But you look and it's like, OK, this is something you kind of expect with Giannis. But considering the differential in size, points of the paint against the Pacers, 58 for the books, 34 for the Pacers which is just kind of wild when you look at the size advantage the Pacers had, that's where you can get away with it. It's like, that's the kind of thing that I think people could just glance at the box score and they're like, no, no, Giannis is kind of a center now, which we all do. And we know when it comes to certain matchups and certain games, the biggest moments, that's kind of true. And you'd say, oh, points to the paint. That's not hurting them. It's, it's not as simple as that. You know, the defensive resistance is not there. Just generally, it's not there at all. Drew missing time is also not helping that. So you are having to go and score. Thankfully, they've got a lot of guys who could do that. They've got role players who are more capable of doing that this time around. Um, Both Giannis and Chris had good games tonight too. But it's just, there's a lot of little things that kind of add up. And the margin for error shrinks. Like I think the Spurs game, it certainly applies for it. It applies to this Pacers game too. I just had the feeling that if Brooke is in those games, they are probably over in the third quarter. You know, they, yeah. the books get to the kind of position they are and they just put their foot down on their neck. You know, there's there's no letting them back in and having to kind of manage the game and try to hold on through through portions of the fourth quarter. So that is that is interesting. It is I I'm kind of assuming Bobby will be back for the next game and Brooke won't be back yet. It would be a little bit interesting if there's a run of games where Bobby is not just the starting five, but I guess he's the, the five on the roster um, along with Giannis playing. So just to see how that works, what that looks like. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm still at that for this particular role. Um, I, I do think a lot of Bobby's kind of good work came when he was playing with Giannis and he would often be the four to Giannis's five, even yeah. though you'd, you'd kind of take what worked the other way. But that is that is the thing. I think when you're looking at this roster, it's just going to be, okay, like, is there a big out there that could help them? I think yes, because I, I don't think it would take anything, like, otherworldly to help them Can they them get right someone now. better than Mamu? Yes. 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 Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's the thing about Bobby playing. Like, is he an ideal five? No, but they're going to ask him to do the stuff Mamu does, and he's like a thousand percent better at almost everything that Mamu does. So but, they're going to look a lot if better. If you're winning anyway, Ty, if you're winning anyway, do they just look at it and say, "Hey, we're winning, and we can give Mamu ten minutes early in the season"? Like, is that just a trade-off? Or they're not, like, not when they're fully healthy, because there's going to be too many guys who are too. No, healthy. no, of course. But I, I mean, at this, at this point, where I, I think there's. Like oh, it's yeah. not like they're I, I they're going to be. He's not going to disappear the first game Bobby comes back. I don't think. No, but even right now, like if we were to project down the line, which is not a very wise thing to do after four games, because who knows what happens with injuries? Who knows what could change? But if they don't act until say closer to trade deadline, or even when buyout guys like this is a team that they're going to try and get another 
if not a center, they're going to try and get another four in the mold of what they did last year, PJ Tucker, as the year progresses. But maybe they just go, you know what? In the meantime, we'll just throw up Mamu and see what we get. And oh, yeah. we can chalk it up to development minutes. And if it works and he learns something and he becomes a player for us in a couple of years, well, that's great. And if it doesn't, well, maybe we learn something really quickly about him and we can we could take a different kind of approach with that. I, I think unless something happens with Brooke where they know he's going to be out for a while, while, like weeks, not days. And we don't know if it's days right now, but I mean, that's that's the farthest confirmation we got out was that he would miss two games over like four days or whatever the time frame was. But I think it's pretty clear, like, they, they, if they were going to get someone before, you know, buyout season or, or trade deadline or whatever, I think they would have done it by now. Like, just looking at how dire the injuries are, how few bigs they have, clearly they're just like, yeah, we don't care that much. We don't care that much if we go two and two. They probably, the Bucks themselves, wouldn't have gone in panic mode if they were one and three, to be honest with you. Maybe they would have, but probably not. It's an 82-game season. It's not oh, that deep That's of Lakers territory. My goodness. <laughs> That's true. Um, they won a game. Yeah, they did. They barely beat the Grizzlies last night. Ja missed a. If Ja makes a free throw, they don't win. And the Lakers shoot. They 58. go. No, they go OT. They the go Lakers OT. shoot fifty-eight percent from three, and I think Carmelo drops twenty-something points, and they barely they barely beat the the Grizzlies when Ja missed a free throw. Um, anyway, they're gonna miss the playoffs. I can't wait. Oh, and it's gonna be glorious. Um, but I, I think they would have done it if they were going to do it. I mean, they got Elijah Bryant and paid a huge buyout to bring him over right before the playoffs. like To do nothing. It, uh, his regular season scoring numbers are quite impressive. I think he's 18-point-per-game player or something. The guy, the guy is do good. do essentially nothing. He's Honestly, he's good. I said it last season. He he made me not want him to be around for other reasons. Uh, but he's good. I, I've replaced Jordan. Um, for my work, I, I watch some EuroLeague every week. I, I got to dial in and watch him go head to head with OJ Mayo in um, both of their respective Euroleague debut last week. How did Guess OJ what? Look? Terrible. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> terrible. Elijah, OJ went to take his very first shot um, in Euroleague. And Elijah, I mean, he nearly burst the ball. He swatted it out of there so hard. So Elijah looked really good, though. Can I was OJ like, you know, be the this back of five? Play. No. Might be, uh, might be. He's been heavy no. enough at times, but uh, I, I don't think he's going to play a lot in Europe. But a lot, Elijah could play to the points. What was the point, though? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here. And you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. 
a watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Elijah, get another guy. Oh, get if, they, guy. if they want to get a guy, they'll they'll get the guy like pretty quickly. Here's the question, though: Will they get a guy? Because you know, a guy would cost more than that open roster spot. That's, that's why. That's, that's the why thing. they won't get one until March, probably. Well, that sucks. Yeah, you know? it does. I don't, I don't want to just leave that as like. I I don't want to play into that as in oh you know it's fine they'll play and they're they're waiting for a particular kind of guy because you could get someone and have them on a non guaranteed day deal and waive them in January or make your decision around the time that kind of um, 10 days come around like that. That's pretty common practice. And if you're a different type of team, you do that, but they're not doing that intentionally because they want to save that money. Yeah, and it sucks. The, my one concern with that is Giannis is going to play a lot of five. And what is that going to do to Giannis's body? And what's that going to mean by the end of the season? And also what was your secret weapon of sorts? You're giving the rest of the league a lot of tape on Giannis at the five. And I, I think the more of that you do, the less effective it's naturally going to be over time. Mm. You still, Giannis. Yeah, uh, I, I do I'm out think on that so. Idea. I'm out on that idea. Uh, I, I don't think it's the most perfect and seamless thing for him. Like I, I, I think, I think people seamless, but... people really lean far into. You know, he's kind of a center now. Like, no, he's not. He do, he doesn't look like a center. He doesn't play like a center. It's not the best way to optimize him. Not the best way to optimize your team it's a great tool to have to go to, to be like, what is our best offensive lineup or what's our best defensive lineup to match up with, with a certain team. But I don't think your best use of Giannis is always necessarily going to come from that. No, but and like any tool, the only way to refine it is to use it. I think that's a bigger benefit than people getting more. That's tape a bar. A detriment. That's a bar. I'm out here. <laughs> I, We're I'm not, I'm not going to injury report. We're not even close. I thought this was the injury pod. So continue. Go on. Well, I think we're going to bounce around, but sure, we got to talk about the big guys. Adams, come on. Well, we're going to talk. We're going to get came to the on, and all I'm doing is talking about the big guys, the problems with the big guys. So we talked about Drew, who was in out in. We talked about Brooke, who's hopefully this is load management, but we don't really know. I'm sure his back hurts. I, here's my here's a question, just quickly before we get to the next name. I think it's Shemi is the only one left. Outside of Dante, do we think that most of these guys would have played in most games if it was like the playoffs? If it was the playoffs, yes. That that was my thought. My thought, I don't know about, I, I think yes, probably on all of them. Giannis broke his knee and played. So <laughs> Yeah, a week, two weeks later, one week later, one week? Yeah. One week, one week. right? Yeah. I, I mean, I uh, yeah, I, 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 I assume so. I assume that's, so. That's not, I don't feel like that's a good barometer though <laughs> i don't I think, I, I think it's a good barometer. bobby bobby would be the one that i don't quite know because obviously that's been around a little bit longer yeah so, the whole preseason right yeah it was open scrimmage when he heard it 
so that's quite a while and it's a little bit more dicey i'm not sure if that would be a go but maybe everyone shemmy with the calf string yeah we don't know about shemmy either we don't know calf strings can be can be yeah but dante Dante for sure no he'd be suiting up if it's the playoffs he would i know he'd be out there he'd be ready to go he'd be scooting around but i I you gotta be ready (laughs) i i think drew and brooke um probably would which maybe is I, I don't know. I don't know what that I just I just think the way I've been looking at their injuries in particular is like I think they have something that is bothering them, but I don't I think the Bucks are just trying like like what they did with PJ last year, where like he was playing through something and he got there and they were like, No, you're just not gonna do that because we don't care about these games. We care about the sixteen games that we need to win later. Like that's my thought generally on, on most of these injuries and the ones that aren't Bobby and Shemi just seems like, yeah, they just have nagging injuries that'll hold a guy out. But it doesn't seem to me like, you know, thankfully, knock on wood, I don't think we've gotten like injury derailing seasons. I think we've gotten start to the season derailing injuries and it hasn't derailed them that much because they're three and one. But I don't know. I feel like I'm just trying to find a way to say my outlook is kind of positive on these without saying like I'm happy about injuries or something stupid like that. I've something of a counterpoint to that. We've talked about, obviously, the insane amount of basketball that all these guys have played in the last couple of years. And for this books team, for guys who returned, and we are talking, you know, a lot of these guys, we're talking about Drew, Brooke, Bobby, uh, Dante, I guess. Um, they're, they're guys who returned. They had a deep finals run. Dante was scooting around, right? He's getting his reps in. But seriously, they had a deep finals run. And then in Drew's case, he goes to the Olympics too. So we've had this idea of, you know, well, what does what does this kind of what does it equate to? If this goes wrong, if they kind of end up really feeling this, what does that look like? And I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like my instinct with that is always to go to like the catastrophic injury where it's like a complete breakdown. Where maybe more likely, possibly even, you know, just as troubling is. A lot of guys aren't right to start the season and they just don't get the chance to get right. Now, I think the argument would be the books are currently trying to give them every chance, but it it doesn't mean that quite gets there because at some point the guy gets close enough and he's like, yeah, I'm good to go. I want to play. You know, it's it's a tricky balance. So to, I, I do agree with you, but it is kind of, you know, what are we going to be saying about Drew a month from now? Is it going to be that he missed, say, three or four games to start the season? And he's played every game since. If so, then we're not going to have any issues at all. But if it's kind of stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, or if it's the same for Brooke or whatever it may be, that could be, and I will defer in a moment to the good doctor. Um, Aspiring doctor. Aspiring doctor. Yeah, he's already a doctor in my book. Okay, well... I hope but the medical schools don't congratulations, get about that. Congratulations, <laughs> Throwing. You are officially oh a, a doctor. Um, officially, just a <laughs> <laughs> uh, But I, I, I think there is a possibility that those kind of the wear and tear element and just we can write it off now as being just kind of a nagging or a niggling injury. But if it continues to be an issue throughout the season, that that is something then that would be just as much of a concern as just, oh, this guy's out for a month because they've done this. This guy's out for two months because they've done this. 
Yeah, it's just, I like the way you brought up just the rhythm aspect of it. It's it's a lot of like the stop start. That's what's concerning me, if that were to happen. And Ty, I think, I don't think we're necessarily in agreement here about uh, the severity of these injuries per se, because like Brooke is a guy who takes pride in playing games. He was so, remember his first season, of, was it his first season in Milwaukee where he missed the last game? The last the game, they sat him out. Right. And he was so <laughs> upset because he wanted to play all 82. So to see him miss three games is a little bit troubling because especially like Adam mentioned earlier, he's a guy who's dealt with these sort of issues in the past, whether it's been a back injury, foot injury, what have you, it's, he's been remarkably durable in his time in Milwaukee. So that's why I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little concerned. And the good thing is, we're talking about that. We talked about this up top. The Bucks are winning even without Brooke. And even though Brooke's importance is being highlighted and that's good, that's great. But also like they need Brooke if they want to win a title. So it's, I, I'm very concerned. I mean, not very concerned. I'm slightly concerned, but it's, it should be okay because it's the beginning of the season. Yeah. I mean, it just feels to me like there's just a lot of caution in, in some of these, in some of these sittings out, I don't know. It, I, we're, we're not, we're not there talking to the team or, or picking up vibes directly, but it just feels like the way that they are talking about these things doesn't have me too worried. I mean, Brooke sprung up to go talk to Mamu after he got dusted by Sabonis for the 50th that was great. time. It was, and that shows, I mean, Brooke's just the best. I mean, I'll never forget in the playoffs, him coaching up Bobby while Bobby was playing over him late in series. Like that's just, that's that's why the Bucks have the culture. Also, they have. commissions and, great paintings. <laughs> it does. Can we get can we get one of those? I don't. Like, think, I don't do think, think we can afford one of those. That guy does all the Disney Park stuff. Oh, that's out of our price range. Yeah, I, I, I think it might be. That would you, would you want like a though. similar thing commissions just with the four of sure. us? Well, you no. no, no. I I was just asking what your idea was there. You. Honestly, you do not want to see me try to draw. <laughs> I'm, you know, I could, I could try, I could try to do my own version of that. Bust out the iPad, get the uh, get the notes app with the different colored uh, markers and stuff, and go to town. No, I, I just, you know, old school. I'd get some, you know, coloring pencils out. There you go. Um, and it would look like a three year old child. Did it. That's <laughs> what the end result would be. Um. It's that's what people say my handwriting is like, so it could be worse. Um, that also stands for me. Yeah. Um, and Rohan's an aspiring doctor, so even if yours is so, good now, it won't be good for long. His my does not look like awful. a three-year-old, I'm sure, but no one can read it. Yeah. Um, last injured guy to talk about, Shemi Ojale. As you mentioned earlier, Rohan, dealing with a left calf sprain. I just, I really hope he gets healthy for obvious reasons and just because of the frequency with which Bud and Horst will say his name first whenever they are asked by Eric Name or others, like, do you think you're too small? Do you think you need another big? Twitter says you need another big. Do you th- Are you too small? Is there not enough size behind Brooke, et cetera, et cetera? They're always like, oh, we think Shemi's going to do a lot there. I just want to see what that is. Like, do they just see him as, like, a really good stretch four that really helps with Giannis and maybe even Portis at the five more? Do they see him at the five and some of these super small lineups we've seen with Pat slash Chris as the three slash four. I don't know, but I'm just so intrigued because I was obviously high on Shemi 
but it feels like the Bucks. Are, I was, was going to say, where are we at? Right? On, where are we at on the Shami Ojale discourse? I mean, I was, I was here for well, it's, it's paused. It's on hold. Oh, I'll let, let Rowan speak for himself on that. Is it paused, Rowan? Are you? I just yeah. It's have you come paused. to the table on this? It's paused. Like we haven't seen anything to actually have discourse on. That's, That's true. the thing. We can't. It's uh. This is just a general thing. You can't. If there's no new information, you can't really make any new arguments. You tell that to ESPN regarding Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving because I don't know if they've gotten the memo. No, it's it's your it's your morning paper. That's what it, what it is. You just get the updates. Like, has anything changed? Nope. Cool. Let's do this again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it it is. It's just like I'm just bummed. I'm just so excited. I, I it's funny because. It's I like, think the I think the discourse is getting a little out of control. Like the hype is getting. I think a it's out slowed down though because it's just been so long. Like I don't even really see people talking about him anymore. Yeah, why would, I, I why would we though? I like I. I'll be honest. I do not care about Shemi Ojale. Like I just I, I have literally. It's like sure he's there, but yeah. I mean my expectations are not super high. And if he's not high playing very high season, it's that's tough. Like. Um, they 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 do need it if they are like the way they're talking. Part of that might be a game, but part of that is also an accurate representation of the roster they've given themselves to work with. Um, like again, Pat was guarding Sabonis. Like I know we've talked about, you know, Pat as a four that kind of makes some <laughs> sense for him. That is not the version of that I had in mind, where he's guarding someone who is like legitimately center sized. Um. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see when he plays and if he plays and how he plays. But we have seen he's he's not like some sort of exotic player who's come across from Europe that we don't know about. We have seen Shemi Oche play before. In the so words I, of Nikias Duncan, there's film of what you did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you maybe you can win me over, Ty, but I think... Shemi Ojale is who I really need to win me over on Shemi Ojale. And he's going yeah, to of course. Court for that. He's got to prove it. I mean, listen, I throw Shemi's Boston tape and stats out the window. That's the outhouse. You Why? It's all I've got. That's the outhouse. That's it. Otherwise, he's just some guy. I don't even know his name anymore if I throw that out. Listen, I'm just saying it's the outhouse. You have to take but into account. You, you know what's the, the toughest? Outhouse. The toughest thing for him is, it's, and it's kind of a Dante-esque situation too, in that, like, this would be his chance. You know? Oh, yeah. If but he was healthy, more, this is the, the ideal. Instruction. Will he? Yes. Yes, he will play over Sandrew Mamakalashvili when he's feeling when he's healthy. But will he have to play? Like, if Brooke and Bobby get healthy before Shami comes back. And, like, it, it's, it depends on the way things shake out. And it's just like, let's assume Dante does come back at some point and is part of the rotation. You've got Grayson playing how he is. Um, not an injured player, so that's hence why he hasn't come up yet. George Hill's kind of got some a little bit of bounce, more than I expected. I, he, see, I want to I want to bounce to some of the new additions for this year after this. So pocket the, but I'm with I'll, you. People, I'll, pocket, I'll pocket that. People tried to say some spicy things to me about George Hill. I said, no, 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 you can't. Don't judge George Hill off two games, but now he's he had looks two like good he, games. So he doesn't I will play for the Sixers anymore. Games. You know, let's, the other let's outhouse. Really that's like. the outhouse. That's the that's the latrine. That's not even an outhouse. That's even worse. At least the the Celtics got to a conference finals this generation. Uh, you, know, you know what name we're we're not mentioning 
in terms of why Shemi Ojale might not be as important. And I tweeted this during the game. T.A. It's the masses. Yeah. It's the masses. He's been, do I say incredible to no, start the season? No, that's no. I don't even feel like that's not even me doing a bit. Like it's I feel not easy to do a bit. You're just really you're lost good. in a bit. He's, he's been good. He's looked quite good compared to expectations. Here's the reason why Shemi will get a shot, even though TA has played well to expectations. His offense. Are we sure is, Shemi can match what yes, TA is doing? Right yes, now? because TA's offense. TA's offense is. We're not, we up don't the, know that though. What do you mean but, we don't know that? But I, I actually I'm not sure based on anything we've ever seen. Can Shemi I can I say the thing? Okay. He can shoot. TA can cannot. he? Can yes. He? Yes. He's what, 39% from the corners over the last two cool. years, I think. That's awesome. That PJ is awesome. Was, PJ was also really good from the corners. PJ yeah. was the lead. He had the most corner threes in the NBA. And then he and fell then, off a cliff. Is yeah. Shemi 36 this year? Did I miss that development? No, but I, I just, I, I don't. The other thing with that is I, I don't think we need to bank on that anymore because the books just have better shooters and they've got more guys. That's so fine. It's, it's still more helpful to do that than to not. TA's offense is dunker spot and dribble handoffs. That's, he, but he's really effective and, at it. He, dunker it's, spot it's is important for this thing. team, though. It it's, is. But you can't only do that. Yeah, you cannot only do that. He's been only doing that and being good. He had, until this game, by far the worst advanced stats on the team. What advanced stat? On what? Net rating. They got blitzed in his minutes. Leading that's your advanced game. stat? <laughs> yes. That's an important stat. They got it, blitzed it is when he played. an advanced stat. And it's, you know, it is the, the is first one I would look to. Is it they got killed when he, when he plays? The yeah, offense is a problem. His offensive limitations updated, are a problem. Two four games, he's, he's minus 8.2. Um, and it's it's on the offense. It is on the offense. And it ignores I don't like that stuff. It ignores context. I mean, it's not perfect. No advanced stat is perfect. I don't it, think it's, he's been it's, a, yeah, a train it's, wreck through four games. But I just think his offense is an issue for this team. Like I saw at one point, he's kind of driving. And Miles Turner is just like planted right by the paint like Brooke Lopez normally does. And he's just like, hey, you're just going to go give the ball to someone else. I literally don't need to move. And he didn't. And it's just like, that's fine. Like. T.A. shouldn't be shooting. He doesn't really have a shot. But it's just – it's great that he can score Be just just working from dunker spot. And, you know, sometimes if he has an athleticism advantage, he will go to the rim and he'll make some. I just think it, at the very least, Shemi will get a shot to play because I think it's it's just hard when Brooke and Giannis are playing to have a guy who only exists there. I think Brooke not playing probably helps a little bit with T.A.'s offense because – like, there's only so many spots for Brooke on the floor, too. And he's been making some threes when he's played. But we know in the playoffs, teams aren't going to fear him that much outside of those areas either. Like, you can only have so many guys like that. So I think I, I think T.A.'s played really well. I think he's going to play probably in almost every game this, this season to some extent. I don't think he's going to be the, like, stand, like the expected backup four. If you say, the fourth big, we'll say. If we, Brooke, Bobby, Giannis as the first three, Fours and fives on this team are, are hell to figure out. Like, I think Shemi's at least going to get a shot. I think T.A. could maybe beat him out, but I just think it's it's really tough. Like, if he's out there with Giannis and Brooke, it's just the spacing is kind of a mess. The defense is great, but the spacing is a mess. We'll, we'll revisit this once Shemi plays. Do we want the sure. context? Because I know that it is a context. Do we want the context for T.A.'s yes. minus eight? Like, is it Miami? That. 
yeah, he was a, a minus 29 in 18 minutes against the Heat. So that will that will certainly sink any chance of a positive net rating. Um, when you're dealing with a four-game sample size. So so that's yeah. really, he's he's getting punished pretty severely for that. And uh, more than any other book, except uh, Justin Robinson is the only one. He was a minus 35 against the Heat. Not a great uh, game for some of those guys. But... But on on the point, like we're talking about TA, we're talking about Shami. Let's just let's imagine the roster is fully healthy, and let's imagine the playoffs start tomorrow. So you've got your first choice starting five, which I don't think any of us are going to have any quibbles over. I, I think is. we're all here. I'm excited to talk yeah. about him in a minute. I think we're all here on that. Okay, so Pat's going to play. That's yes. that's six. Yeah. George Hill's going to play. That's seven. Right now, it's it's tough to imagine Jordan Warren not being in the mix. I don't think he would be. Ah, I uh, think he would get a chance. Like if it's a playoff series, he's going to play early, and he would get. He would be one person that gets excised from the rotation. If sure, if it goes be. wrong, it could but go he'll really get a wrong shot. And he'd never he'll get a it. shot. Yeah, yeah. Forbes. He's it's good. for me right now. For him, it's the Forbes idea. It is, but he's like he's supercharged. Yeah, he's Forbes be, yeah. in every way right yes. now. I maybe are we, are we gonna talk to him? Maybe not because he's not really a new guy, but he's new to actually playing a real role. But okay, I'll, I'll save that for a second. Okay, so that's eight. I mean, if Dante's back, there's probably some minutes for Dante. I didn't mention Bobby. Like, oh yeah. That's like you're at 10 guys, and that's without Shemi or TA. It's like they're not playing. Shemi Hoja is not playing on this team unless he's shooting the lights out all year long. Because if they've guys who can kind of hold their own on defense or even be kind of, I guess, the cracks covered over by your multiple kind of all defense caliber players, I, I don't think you're going to that well. And this is. This is the thing when PJ left is the thing I kept saying, and I feel like I'll keep saying this season. PJ's gone. The books cannot try to win the way they won with PJ Tucker because I don't think they've got a player as good as that. They got some good fortune to get away with the version of PJ Tucker they had and to do that. So you've got to do something different. I think they've got the tools to do something different and be really effective. So for me, I think the rotation is going to trend smaller. You're going to be playing guys up. You're going to have more offense, much more scoring. And I, I think you could still have a really good defense. So I I don't know. That's kind of more than anything, like Shemi being injured doesn't help, but I'm like, this team has a lot of really good players. It's I, I don't actually see where a really big role evolves for him, you know, unless there's injuries down the line. Against Brooklyn. I think he's gonna get shots as the KD defender who they like they're just like that's what you're doing. And TA might too. Why are your you eyes facing Rohan? Yes, you need, you need that? that. Yes. I don't I don't think you did. Well, is Kyrie vaccinated? I, I think you need to worry about Kevin Durant, even if Kyrie is sure. Okay, but so, if, so, if, even so if, if you don't have to worry it. about Kyrie, then you've only got Harden and Durant to worry about. That's all. Yeah, but I'm saying you don't need to be like, we're gonna play Shemi Ojale. Like that's kind of galaxy brain. You'd be like, we're gonna we're gonna go KD. with Giannis and Chris for some of that. Like yeah, yeah. for yeah, some of that, I agree. I'm he's not, not getting under his skin like PJ. No, you don't no, need to get under not. his skin. You have to that's a lot work. of what PJ's value was. He made him work. And the Bucks made him work as a team by throwing a lot of guys at him. PJ was what PJ was the primary one. 
I'm not saying Shemi's going to start and play 38 minutes a game. I do think he is going to get cracks at that. I think that is why they brought him in to be a big body defender who they can it's, throw at it's Kevin. Definitely Durant. why they brought him in. But I, I just is he going to do it? That's I, that's a different question. So if, the, if, if we swung on this because he hasn't played four games, because I don't no feel like no this is a hot I, no. take before the season. Well, you haven't spoken to me in a while, Ty. Um, but but I think. There's there's an element to prove it here because yeah, he has the, sure. the misfortune of having been a quote unquote Yanis stopper, and we saw how that developed over a not very like significant period of time. So it's like, what are we talking about? Like he's got to be the KD stopper. It might work for one game, unfortunately, you know, or fortunately, depending on the way it goes. Um, certainly, fortunately, based on the books last year, but playoff games are not played over one or three game series. So I I don't know. I mean, it's useful. It's useful to have. It's it's something where you can look at and be like, sure, he's an option. But I, I think the books may be a very, very different team in terms of how they approach that matchup, even if it comes around this year than what we saw last season. Shemmy's just not, I don't, again, this could all be different once we see him play. Sure, I'll I'm prepared that. to backtrack on all of this. Yeah, I've done it yeah, before I, in worse situations. Bobby, Bobby, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I did agree with you on your earlier Bobby take, though. But in terms of Shemi, it's just like Pete. We we keep talking about PJ Tucker and his defense on Durant. All he made him work. He put the fear of God into every single follower of the Milwaukee Bucks, and that's PJ Tucker's defense. That Kevin Durant just absolutely put the fear of God into every follower of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I, I don't know how she, if if PJ Tucker has this reputation of being a great defender, what the hell is Shemi Ojale going to do? He's, th- he has had no track no on. track record of being a good defender, like what? an elite stopper what? defender. His, uh, what he's known for is being a good NBA defender. He hasn't, he's an he's elite a stopper. stopper. They don't win playoff series. You don't get that rep for playing in the regular season for most guys. Yeah, yeah but I, for most guys, that is one. And that's because that's literally all he does. And he plays on a team that people love to talk about. For those listening on the podcast feed rather than watching on YouTube, I am in the middle of the screen. And I feel like. <laughs> I may be in the middle of this debate, and I think the truth lies in the middle of this debate because it's it's not like he has never been a good defender. I'm not He's saying also, that. Well, you, you came very, very close. No, I'm not saying that at all. And it's also not known. that he's he is not by any stretch of the imagination like this proven defender where you're like, yeah, this guy is. He is so, a uh, useful big body defender. That is all I'm saying. That's fine. That's it. He's, he's a, a big—he's a big body defender. You take useful out of it, and we'll see. Yeah. He may be really useful. He may be useless. But at the moment, he's a big body defender. He's their designated big body defender, and I—I I don't hate that. Like I don't. There is nothing wrong with the pickup. There's nothing wrong with the logic behind it. I just think the team has evolved, and whatever their intentions may have been on paper when you know John Horace mapped out this roster. I think the play of multiple books by the time we reach kind of business end of the season may just oh, it will. force that I mean, to be altered. Like that, it's, it's going to be a you, different, yeah. Th- this team could just blow teams away offensively in a way that they were not suited for last year. 
because we were trying to get like anything out of Jeff Teague, anything out of Jeff Teague. That is not the situation. Offensively. PJ Tucker, sure, but but there was room to carry someone for specific matchups, which is your case for why Shemi's going to matter again. But what if you what if you could just outgun the Nets? And you can outgun the Nets. I mean, the Charlotte Hornets did it yesterday. Yeah, I mean, we're talking regular. Harden's the Bucks did it. Yeah, no, I, did it. but my point is the Shelby Bucks, Harden, like this did. year's Bucks, could absolutely do that. Maybe. I still think you need to throw – I just think you need a guy to throw a KD for an X amount of minutes per game that – like the reason the reason you need that guy is because you just don't want Chris or Giannis exerting that much because if they're exhausting out there. themselves – It'll be the same result. <laughs> you really but the, think so? I, yeah. I, you I you versus Chevy, same results on Kevin Durant. No, Ron, let's reach out to some agencies and see if we can set up a little, a little, dr- a couple drills. Let's see how you both do. Your think- your point, your point about, and this is what we lived and died by last year. PJ was out there to save Giannis and Chris. I don't think Yas and Chris will need to be saved to the same extreme this year because you actually do have some bench players who will be able to score. Like, I think that is the evolution of the team. That is the difference. You are in a much better position to be able to say, Giannis, we're going to have you guard Kevin Durant rather than give Shemi Ojale minutes because if you score 22 points instead of 30 because you're tired, we can live with that because we can make up those points in a way we did in a year ago. That's that's the thing I'm I'm looking out for and the thing I think is really feasible. And if I was anyway involved in the books organization, like that's that's what I'd be working on in this regular season, as opposed to like can Shemi OJ give those minutes? Like I I think the PJ Tucker role, the PJ Tucker ship has sailed. I don't think it's necessary. If you've got more capable offensive players, which this team has like in bunches. So you, I, I, you think they're gonna hit? You think the Milwaukee Bucks are gonna hit shots in the postseason? The Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know if you know this. Let me just. I've got a. I've got a hat on here. It, it says champions, and that's on. not how they did it. Listen, I, I agree. They with hit point. some shots. I, I, they, they hit, they hit some shots. They hit exactly enough. You want you want Pat Connaughton in the rafters? I believe he hit some shots. He did. He shot thirty eight percent from three. Led the team. It felt like a miracle that that they hit, considering the way the Bucks always shoot in the playoffs. I think they need to have options, and I think that's. That's the real thing. Like, I think they would love to win with offense. I think that's why they acquired and extended Grayson Allen, who I'm excited to talk about. But I, I also think we should think, do it. I think we've talked long enough. I think they want the option to play the other way still because they saw if they're not falling, you need to find another way to win. Sure. Nothing, nothing wrong with options. I think Rowan and I just do not think that is necessarily the best option and the one they'll be using where – I mean, have you got a jersey yeah, yet? It'll be an option. It'll be see an your option. new J-O-B? Got to see him play first. Oh, really? Oh, oh, wow. Okay. That was what I... I don't know what you guys think my Shemi take is. I think he's going to be useful. <laughs> I don't know why it's such a contentious take. Uh, you're you're just very defensive. Uh, being a of, useful big body defender on Kevin Durant is a lot to ask for. <laughs> Not apparently you can do it. So apparently they could they could ask Justin Robinson. I didn't say I'd be useful. Effect. I did not say I'd be useful. <laughs> Grayson Allen. He's not missing a I'm shot. Cut, I'm cutting the tension with a knife here. Grayson like, Allen. 
Grayson Allen. Yeah, let's do it. He's the uh, defender on Kevin. He did get a block and a steal against Indiana. He, he finally hit no, his shots. In, in, in all seriousness, yeah, the shots. He was, he was two of eight from deep. Like he did not hit his shots. What? It's, yeah, he he did not hit he his shots at all. This is nine what, from deep. Oh, sorry. That is the Miami Heat box score <laughs> I have open in front of me. Let me let me just you know. I let's also have the Spurs one there. up, so I had to look twice too. I have all four up, and I had the wrong one open at the time. He's four and nine from deep. <laughs> <laughs> really good night. Um, I I just my my point, and it actually it kind of applied for the Heat game too. Um, I just think he's gonna make every shot. He's just really really good. He's already kind of got down all of the spots. It feels very instinctive for him in terms of working with Giannis, working with Chris, being in the right position. He is the best shooter, whether it plays out that way percentages or not, just in terms of knowing what his role is within this team, within how other guys this team play. He's the best shooter they have had, with the exception of maybe like, 40 year old Kyle Corver, which was never going to work in the way that this is going to work. And beyond Still that, available. <laughs> yeah, I think he could, formally could he defend now, Kevin Durant. He, he did. He's, he's on the nets. He's, I mean, he's, a, he's actually defending Kevin Durant in practice. I mean, he's like what, 6'6? Six, six? He's as tall as uh, Shemmy. He's 6'7 with, with some he's length. He's taller than Shemmy. He's got, okay. he's kind of long arms Just too. Pile up on um, your seats, Rohan. I can't wait. <laughs> Grayson, though, the, the thing with Grayson is like he had a really, it was a weird finish where it was kind of two handed going left under the rim. Do you remember this in this game? He's a yeah, windmill like, layup guy. Yeah, it's kind of, there's a few weird finishers, like TA being chief among them, but effective finishers. But off the dribble, that move, that's where you're like, oh, the books have not had a guy, a shooting guard who could do this since. Malcolm Brogdon, and it was only all too brief where you got that version of Brogdon. So to have basically to have the backcourt just like be good, that is not familiar territory for the Milwaukee Bucks. But like almost ever, there's only been two or three teams in the history of the franchise where both the, the starting point guard and the starting shooting guard were both really, really good players that are like perfectly suited to the role. And with Grayson Allen, that's exactly the territory they're in now. Yeah, I was surprised he didn't get any assists in that in this game. I think that's been part of what he's done well. But I think part of it is, I think the Bucks are all in on that belief you have, Adam, that he's not going to miss a shot. I feel like this team is funneling Grayson Allen threes. And I was glad to see it not take too many games for him to just like actually start knocking these things down at an impressive clip. Because I want that to remain. Like, I would love for them to have, finally, since Brogdon probably, a guy who can be, like, they just love to pass two and watch him hit threes. Like, for whatever reason, Chris never catches and shoots as many threes as he probably should. Now he's on ball so much that it's, that it's harder. But they just really have not had that many guys where they're like, oh, if we go three straight possessions and each one is a grace and catch and shoot three, we have no issue with that. Pat kind of flirts with it, but he's not a starter. He doesn't really play enough. He's doing too much else. Like, it's a little bit of a different thing. You can feel that with Grayson, that they're like, oh, yeah, if every sh- every possession that's a shot for this guy is a good possession – Add that to what he does off the bounce. And the fact that, I'll use the word useful again, I think he is a, a, an adequate defender. 
Um, I, I think he kind of in a Wara-esque way makes up for not being the greatest play-to-play on or off-ball guy by just, like, he'll poke a ball out now and then. He'll block a shot here and there because he is athletic. But I just think what he do, the combo of everything he does offensively, right, like drive, pass, shoot, uh, and I think that's all the things. It's just good. It's just useful. And I do feel like it's going to unlock a lot for this team. I wish we'd gotten to see the five starters for more than the one game so far. But it does feel like they're going to be able to pile on points. Like when Brooke is hitting jumpers, forget Giannis, when Brooke is hitting jumpers, I don't know what you do about guarding this five. And the thing about Grayson is, excuse me, is you mentioned it, just a catch and shoot guy, which is it's very different than what the Bucks like to do. Like Dante, for instance, like he, he upped his three point percentage last year. It was like mid to high thirties. It was good for him. He's whenever he catches the ball, he's immediately looking to drive. Brogdon, even you brought up, he wasn't, a, he wanted to drive that right away. Even when Pat catches, he wants to go cut and drive. Grayson's going to shoot. <laughs> Grayson's going to sidestep a defender closing out so he can get a, get a shot off. And that's what he did in this game. He got a three-point shooting foul out of it. And he's going to get a lot of those with uh... Yes. And the thing is, you mentioned this too, Adam. He is getting to his spots. He is getting to passing lanes for Giannis. That play in particular where he got the shooting foul is he moved directly into Giannis' secondary passing lane. Because I think Marcus Johnson brought it up on the broadcast when they looked at the play again. Giannis wanted to go to a corner on a drive. He was he was midair. He wanted to pass to the corner. And then he saw that, oh, shoot, the corner's covered. I have to get this ball to the, uh, to the wing. And that's where Grayson was. He wasn't there initially. He was a little off there. But he saw Giannis needing a passing angle, and he immediately went to the spot where he could find him, and he was ready with a quick trigger. And that is what is very, very important about Grayson Allen. And – he can actually finish. You talk. We talked about this earlier. He can actually. It's it's wild having a two guard that can actually like put the ball in the basket from close range. Biggest biggest difference, I think, like just outward difference. Like the finishing is one. He's a better shooter, but I I think the thing with him and Dante, we had we had a mailbag episode, Jordan and I, probably probably close to two weeks ago now, where. It was kind of eye-opening because the mailbag questions were split entirely on people who like were sky high in Dante and think everyone else is insane for being like Grayson's better, Grayson's the starter, or people going the other way. So it's just it it was there was such this clear divide. The the best reason I can give for Grayson just being so much better than Dante, unlocking so many more options, is that that shot where he got fouled is a good example. He can relocate and shoot. Like we're just like praying. Oh, maybe Dante can hit a catch and shoot every now and then. That's like that's Grayson's bread and butter. But he can also relocate. He can he can shoot, and it doesn't just have to be you know clean catch and shoot. He is nails if he gets those looks. But more than that, he is he is a level up as a shooter beyond what we could even like hope that Dante was. We just wanted Dante to be a good catch and shoot guy. And he was inconsistent with that. That is there for Grayson Allen, but he is a, a much better and kind of takes on much tougher shots than Dante could ever really hope for. And that just, it gives a completely different dynamic to your starting five. You just got a much more well-rounded player, a player that he's like, your, he's going to be your fourth or fifth guy in most lineups he's out there. But teams are going to have to give him more respect than they would ever give Dante. Like, you can't just be like, oh, let's forget about that guy. 
it's quite the opposite. You're going to get moments where guys are going to kind of go over and help on him, and you could get Chris or Giannis getting looks because Grayson Allen does pose a real threat. The other thing, too, about him versus Dante offensively, in addition to the shots he can make, it's the shots that he will take. And this is what I was talking about, like the team funneling him shots. Reminds me of George Hill when he led the NBA in three-point percentage. It was great, and it is great. It's a good thing. It just matters less if you're taking, like, three a game, right? Like, it's good. It's helpful. It's only so many points total. It doesn't it, – it can dry up quickly. George Hill this year is taking 2.83s per game and making 45% of them. It's great. It's awesome. You don't need that much more. It's just – that's just how it is. Grayson is leading the box by a wide margin on attempted threes. 8.8 attempts per game. Next is Pat with six per game. So nearly 50% more than the next leading guy on the team shooting-wise. Like, there's a gulf. And he, again, that's after he was cold for the first three games. Even after the Pacers game, he's shooting 31.4% from deep. But, like, clearly everyone is like, oh, he's a shooter. We're going to get him shots. I honestly, I think there's some he passed that he probably shouldn't have, especially in the Brooklyn game. Might have been just kind of a nervy thing. And the Miami game, just again, an abject disaster from nearly from start to finish. But that, I think, speaks for itself. Like, that is a ton of threes per game. And I don't think anyone has any problem with the attempts number. No, not in the slightest. The attempts are good. We You want a guy who's going to gun and shoot for threes. Like, we, we had this with Bryn Forbes. We had this as Kyle Corver. That's a role on this team. But if you can add more to that, like what Grayson's doing, that's just what puts him over the top. What new guys? We, we got to blaze through the new guys. We were going to go short. Then we argued about Shemi Ojale, of all people, for 20 minutes. The host refused to move it on. He, you know, he dug his heels in the sand and he said, we're not moving until we talk through this. This is a commune podcast. We're all <laughs> invested in this together. I'm not. I, know, I, was, right, I was ready to move it on. Yeah, who are we talking about now? Who do you want to go to? I want to talk about Justin Robinson. Wow, okay. I was not expecting that one. <laughs> that <laughs> quick, quick wrap up coming here. Let's talk about um, Justin Robinson. I'll do George Hill in two seconds. He looks no, no, he okay. looks like positive George Hill again. Like I just think I think he's back there. I think he's gonna be very useful. I think he is he going to be a Jordan Clarkson eighteen off the bench per night guy? No, of course not. If you expected that, I don't know what you would think. That's thinking. Jordan Wara. Yeah, yeah, that's books, that's books, the other. Books Jordan. don't want George Hill to be that. No, it's I at his age. No, like he is. They're like don't do too much. I think they probably don't want him to play as much as he's been playing. Quite honestly, but he's been good. Um, Justin Robinson. I'm fascinated. I didn't think he was I'm that not. much of a defender. <laughs> I thought his defense has been really good. His playmaking's been good. The shot has just been atrocious, but. I'm intrigued. I, I had some questionable play. I mean, okay, let, let me not be, I won't be too harsh. Ty, you're right. There are some flashes of good things that he's doing on the court. He has a lot of good defensive. He does instincts. have a negative he's assist in. to turnover ratio. I will give you that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he has good ideas in terms of what he wants to do with the basketball. It just doesn't translate that well. Like the instincts are there, which is good. Like defensively, the instincts are there. He's just, He's just too small. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of the problems. And especially like, I feel like he, uh, there was one play in this game where he had a transition opportunity and he missed Jordan Wara trailing right behind him and instead threw it out of bounds. It was, uh, it was questionable, but it, th- there are some things and he's being forced to play because again, Drew Holiday is missing time and they, he's the, uh, he's the backup point guard. 
because Drew, uh, George Hill is the starting point guard. It just has to be a thing. It's the regular season. If this was the playoffs, he would not be. Ah, maybe no. he would be. No, he wouldn't. He, nah, no, he would be. We saw Jeff Teague for way too much time. Uh, we did, but I think there's levels to. I listen. I'm intrigued by the guy. I don't think he was it, nearly as good I, as last year, Jeff Teague. It's and I thought last year Jeff Teague sucked. <laughs> just around says 24. It's his third year in the league. Oh, there it goes. See, this is the same moment. People are going to be mad. Same exact moment I had with Mamadi Diakite. I was like, oh, this is pretty intriguing. Did you he... think he was younger than that? Yeah, yeah. I was like, is he 20, 21? Oh, nah, he's 25? He's, 20, he's Giannis' 24. age? I'm out. Yeah. Um, that did I, it. I'd Thanks, like... Adam. Uh, sorry, Ty. <laughs> like, he's, he's good. He can, he can play a bit, and he hasn't good looked lost. Strong. Yeah. No, I think in a relative sense, you know, in the wider scale. Of he's like, in terms of basketball players on the planet? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's good. Um, oh, man. That, he that he looks like a guy. Man. He's not He's not kind of lost at sea in having to play minutes in the NBA because he has literally done it before, and he's 24 years of age. Yeah. So I'm not really impressed by anything because I'm like, yeah, he's got to be – he's got to kind of be able to do this to still be just kind of knocking around the league at this point. But also for the books to be like, we want to use our two-way on a 24-year-old, he'd want to be good. Yeah. So I guess he kind of is. Four steals tonight. I think he's had five on the season now. You know, you know what I think? I think I have a soft spot for players like this. Li- real listeners know. Players who you're going to see in Oshkosh? No, yeah, you're see I, I stand Mike James. I was like, this Mike James guy is incredible. And then you look at the numbers, just like, oh, maybe not. I don't know. Something about these. It's just gutsy. I don't know. He's also, got also looks Mike James also looks good in uh in your I bet J-Rob would too. He was really good before he came to the It's, it's kind of wild that he is back in Europe. I don't quite understand that, but I've seen him play a couple times for Monaco this season. He looks good. Should we talk about Hillmore? Did we cover it? I think we covered it. It's, I it's think we covered it. He looks yeah. bouncy. That's the thing that I was yeah. not expecting. I mean, if I was going to say anything else on George Hill, it's I do not understand how his ranch is just as big as it is because <laughs> his contracts do not add up to that amount of money. See, here's like, the thing. Everyone Texas was surprised though. to see that video, but he had that. Like, I knew about that for a while because he was on the road trip and podcast like five years ago or four years ago or something mm-hmm. where he talked about his ranch. And I was like, oh, my God. He was like, it's 800 acres. I was like, oh, my yeah. goodness. <laughs> there, there's knowing that, too. And I mean, I've... I, used to follow him on instagram i think i may have unfollowed some points because there was a lot of hunting photos and i was just like great i don't need this i just really don't need he this imports animals into his ranch so we can eat them yeah um i, I was like cool right i i don't need this i unfollowed him i had to put in a follow request when he joined the books again he has not accepted it i'm sure it's like oh, at the top of his to-do list. he's he's private unless he's changed it again since Last time I checked, private. he was private, yeah. Um, but I I knew all about the ranch, but there's there's knowing about the ranch, and then there's actually seeing the ranch and seeing the whole team and seeing like there was like four coaches, like not not Bud, Darvin Ham, and you know, buses. <laughs> there's like four buses and they're just like parked up there. It's like, oh yeah, it's wild. Like this, we're talking about a guy who Backup point guard, probably for just a little bit more than he's a starting point guard in the league, like a really good one. But um, yeah, I guess the NBA money is good. 
The thing to know about non-Dallas Houston, Texas, is there's a ton of it, and it doesn't cost as much to live there as you would think. You have yeah, all the like, animals, Ty, and he, you know his, they come his for place. free with the land. It turns out. Nice I don't think some of the animals no, George Hill has not his, not his, not do, his, do his. not. They yeah. are not native to the Texas. George Hill area. has made about a hundred and ten million dollars. Pocket year. change. That's nothing to Adam McGee. No, um, 110 million is obviously a lot of money. One, he has paid taxes and some of that. He has not played his entire career in San Antonio. Um, I'm sure he's had some good accountants. That's you know, that's what I thought when I saw those pictures. My first thought was, <laughs> boy, he's got some good accountants. I hope he, I hope he introduced the accountants to the rest of the books when they were there. Was was the accountant there enjoying some barbecue too? But you know, there's a there's a lot going on there. It was a lot to unpack. All of the cars he had like thirty or forty cars. It was like if this is Giannis, I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, but this is George Hill, good for him. Yeah, like, that's my even take if he's it. made like fifty million dollars, is it just an insane amount of money? Like that's you never sure. Run out. But if you if you like really spend it, well, it's then, you know, fifty million's a lot. He both. <laughs> George Hill's been trying this what this time. You can me. fit like eight and a half Irelands in Texas. That they have the land. It is available. Probably more than eight and a half. It's it's about yes. I did the math. I looked it up actually. Wow. Ooh. I thought I could wow you. It's about eight and a half. I was actually very impressed with it. Thank you. I'm less impressed now you told me because it's like you've you spent the I just last knew couple that of off minutes. Offhand? Yeah, it took me. No, I just thought you were just guessing and I was like, yeah. Um no, that doesn't surprise me at all. I know Texas is a big place. It's huge. But... It's crazy. Okay. Uh, Mom Jordan Moore, you, Mom, okay. you said you said War is like a new guy, which I yeah. guess he is. Um, here's my thing. I'm torn. I'm I'm not torn, but I don't know if he can defend at all. I, he can block shots, which is a really nice surprise. Like he's <laughs> he's like an elite. Is he gonna be like Danny Green in terms of he's just gonna block <laughs> everything? But he's Danny not gonna Green's be very not good a as bad a comp, you know. Uh, the rest of the defense more offense, is more more offense too. I I don't think I've ever seen Danny Green successfully dribble. And, Maybe like ten years ago. I don't know. Not, not really. In the Spurs <laughs> system, they were probably like, "No thanks, pal." Yeah, it really. Look wasn't at Patty his Mills job. now. Like, there's some weight. Patty was doing that in San Antonio. But Ugh. Manu and Tony Parker are not like you know. We're just gonna stand over here. You go dribble, Danny Green. It's just never been part of the equation okay, there. I tried, okay? But I tried. <laughs> I appreciate it because I put the cup out there. But I think his defense, it could be one where everyone for years is like, Danny Green, good defender. So like, mm, good shot blocker. Really good shot blocker for his size. That's interesting. Like, that's gonna that's giving War a chance right away. He's going to be on the floor because of that. But I'm yet to really see anything where I'm like, is he is he actually possible? Now the thing with shot blocking, it means he's engaged. Like he's there, he's competitive, he's focused. That's what matters because he needed to show that. Because just before the season started, I know I said in some pod that my thing with him is I think he could be a very good NBA player for many years for a bad NBA team. I just don't know if he could be good in the role the books would want him to play for him to actually get the minutes. And it's kind of a it's a chicken and the egg thing in terms of even what his career becomes then. If he's not good enough to earn a role with the books now, well, then does he ever get a chance to go and be a bigger star on a, you know, a, a pretty crappy team? There's something there, though. There really is something there. He is the most interesting player the books have drafted in 
well, I I shouldn't say that. They drafted Mamu this year, who's interesting. <laughs> you know, interesting is definitely a word for for Mamu. But there's there's really something that's kind of worth seeing. And early in the season, like there are positive returns, and he's giving us that every chance. And again, like we we talk a lot about, you know, Grace and Dante, Grace and Dante. If I was Dante, I'm watching Jordan Wara play, and I'm like. Oh, this is getting tough. Scary this is hours. getting tough. Yeah, Scary where hours. where am I even getting in on the wing here? You know, when Orlando. my injury eventually heals in twenty thirty four. Rodney Hood hit a three today as well. Something did he actually? I don't remember. Yeah, that. yeah. I, I mean, it, I don't. I he had a three, a rebound, a steal, and two fouls. Like Rodney Hood was a good NBA player. It's really about his health. If he stays healthy and he settles in here. Like great for the books again, not good for Dante. That's that's the most interesting thing with the books telling us nothing about him. I think it does nothing for Dante's trade value. It does nothing really for just the general sense of his place in the team. I don't. I don't really think there's any positive at this point. It's the kind of thing with a short term injury you do right, but when it's something that's lingering and lingering and it's it's all kind of top secret. That is not good. That is not good at all. Like the guys at surgery. It's been five months. We watched them scoot around. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> that was that was a long time ago. And five months. still it was May, like, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was late May. It's, so yeah, it's five it's right about now, I think five months since the injury first happened. Great he job. Got surgery. He got surgery pretty quickly, right? Wasn't right it? Right away. A couple yeah. days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the horse thing though. It's like, and that's just, and it's the thing that I really do not like about horse. I think it's take to an extreme where it's not beneficial. It's Spurs like no, culture, you, baby. That is not. It's like that times ten. And even I was thinking when you were you started kind of mentioning Bud and his interviews and kind of how that fits with horse earlier. It's like when Bud was with the Hawks, the Danny Ferry Hawks um, was no leaks until well the boat got very <laughs> leaky from stuff from outside the organization. But in terms of like day-to-day basketball stuff and trades and everything, nothing came out of there. And I think the books is like, you know, 10 times tighter with one very notable exception that caused the <laughs> trade to fall through. Like, but uh, maybe that's kind of factored into just making this worse. But even now, like removed from that, it's like we talk about Bogdan and Bogdan and Bogdan. And it's still like there'll be times where it'll come up or I'll make jokes about it. Dante was the guy who was going to be going and the deal. Like Dante, it's just, to it's poop, a really high on Twitter. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's true. My enemy. Um, it's a, it's a really rough kind of now elongated period of time for, for Dante. And I, I don't know when it's getting better because they won't tell me. So the, so Eric name, I think this is more of him inferring than actually hearing anything. Cause as you've mentioned, the Bucks just don't say anything. He does not think Dante is all that close. I know he tweeted that, uh, I think, a day or two ago. At some point, like, if he's not able what to... What happened? What? I, I don't Honestly. Know. I don't know what happened. Uh, clearly. How, how no, the, the injury hasn't been disclosed. <laughs> yeah. This very Kawhi letter. This is desk. wild. Like, it is wild. But at some point... Like, Kawhi, they Kawhi we, he, we know yeah, he is an ACL. An ACL what? That's more than we know with Dante, is the point. We know it's his foot. Well, technically, we know it's his ankle. His ankle. Well, 
Maybe. Do we know it's his ankle? Maybe. I, I would have just said it's like on the lower extremity of his body. I don't That's fair. know. That's going to be Buck's injury reports in the future. Dante <laughs> DiVincenzo, body. Do we know which ailment. foot? Do we know which foot? I don't know which foot, but I'm wondering have they ever even disclosed what foot? I, we, you can the, find the it. way we would know it. is we could pull up pictures of him footage. scooting around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they did disclose it because I, I don't think all three of his foot slash ankle injuries were the same foot because I know he had one at Nova, one his rookie year, and then this one. Um, I don't think they were all the same foot, but they were all foot ankle injuries, which is concerning in itself. Um, I kind of lost my train of thought a little bit. No, but the thing about. So if he doesn't play at all until, like, January, I don't think he's a lock to play in the playoffs. Like, it just takes no. a while to come back from that kind of He's not a lock to play in the playoffs. He's gone. He'll, he never play, he'll never play again. Like, you know, no one is going to be like, oh, Dante's about to be a free agent. Like, it's just, if, if it's that period of time, and if the books look good as we would expect the books to look, it's like, he, he's good luck as Dante's agent. I don't know who represents Dante. Octagon. But getting the word out on the street, oh, like, hey, look at our guy, Dante. You remember, like, national championship game? Remember that? <laughs> hey, starter on an NBA champion, sort of. <laughs> um, but that it plays into a point I was going to make earlier before I got sidetracked with the Shemi thing that was all of our faults equally is, you know, the, basically the case being made that, like, he might not play because look at how many playable guys they have. With this as one of them, we just know like they won't all work out. Maybe Shemi is one that doesn't work out. Maybe Rodney Hood can't get back to form. He was terrible last year. He wasn't injured. He was coming back from injury and was just quite bad. Like his Raptors stats are atrocious. Again, kind of a outhouse situation. But Pop, like, Pop, Bobby, and George are like, if your starters are healthy and those three guys are healthy, they're all locks. That's eight guys. So there's maybe room for Ro- one. More. Rohan asked if Bobby's a lock in every series. Bobby might he might not be. A no, lock. he may not be in every series, but in the series where Bobby is not a lock, you may be going like seven or eight deep. Yeah, it, you're not repla- You're not adding someone into Bobby. Yes, you're spot. just removing Bobby from the rotation by the end of a series. I don't know. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, no, by the end of the series. Like, yeah, I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah. I, I think this is just like an adjustment for us to make because it's the complete opposite of the depth situation we were in last year where it's like every time you think of it, you're like, oh, well, this guy's going to be in the rotation. Of course he's going to be in the rotation. And then you actually start to go through it and you're like, wait, is, is he actually like 12th? <laughs> is, he, is he 12th? Do they have to be 12 deep for like Tanasis to play in the playoffs? I think this, um, this comes back to... Sorry, Rohan. Whenever, whenever, no, I think Genesis <laughs> is going to play eight minutes per series, no matter what. Um, yeah, KD. Yeah, probably. I think Genesis will get shots on KD too, I, and that's that's that. I literally, I think I said at some point in there, like he and Shemi are battling to be the guy who gets sub minutes on KD just to save everybody else. They're, they're battling to be the guy who gets in a, a fight with KD's bodyguards. And that's value. Yeah, this value. Um, but we just no, because whenever someone asks, oh, what like what what kind of trade would the Bucks make? What kind of player would they trade Dante for if they trade Dante? Who would Robin they Lopez. Who, who would they target in buyout season? Like I just think we I think they're gonna wait and see. Like I think they want to who's giving anything for Dante? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Why? It's, it's just Why? A, it's a hype. It's a question I've been posed. Sure, I agree because I think it's something they should do, should have done. Um, but I don't I, think they ever I, had a. Re- I mean, they tried. At this point, I don't know what you're getting. 
But I also think that nine guys will probably play to start most playoff series. Or more. Yeah. Nine guys played in game one against Phoenix. Game ones are like that. You like that, especially yeah. Bud. Like that's the, that's get the MO of the Bucks. So I think nine or How ten. How many guys. minutes did Giannis play game one though? Like 35. 35. Mm, yeah, which was on, on the low end. So someone's getting some of the minutes that just like you know well, if when but they, yeah, they might started say when. with I'll larger say if. rotations that, in every, yeah, every uh, there's been studies every out. every playoff series is like this yeah Brooklyn, yeah I guess I, bet, I, I, bet I don't know if the 10. finals would be like that under normal circumstances if normal circumstances in the finals would ever exist which I think if they this is Mike Budenholzer we might see 11 10 we guys might. plus TA Listen, the man just needed a chance to do this. He's like, I mean, uh, he won a championship with his hands tied behind his back last year. He's like, he couldn't, he couldn't do what he wanted to do. Yeah. And now we're going to see the all bench lineups in like game oh. seven of the finals in the fourth quarter. And they're going to cook teams. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Do you look at the Western Conference? Oh, the Western I Conference is so competitive. Yeah, there's lots of mediocre teams. It's the West. The East is better than the West. Top end for oh, sure. Oh yeah, I, I think all the way through. I think the the eighth best team in the East is better than the eighth best team in the West. Without looking, maybe that specific one isn't. Mm, TBD on that. Maybe. That's a Dude, no, I, that's a different discussion. Yeah, it's a different. Discussion. I, haven't, I haven't looked at it. I haven't looked. I think there's just more talent in the East. I mean, the two best teams in the league are in the East. So. Yeah, the talent that matters. Yeah, two best players in the league are in the East. And some guy named Kevin Durant. Who's Thanasis? Is it Thanasis? I don't know. It's time to wrap. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Do we go through all the new guys? Um, uh, Mamu's not ready. I think I said that and we, we got somewhere else. I mean. I think that's the last one. Oh, like Yorgos. He exists. Oh, he he got the he got the team turnover at the end of that. It doesn't count against him though. Yeah, it's a team turnover. Yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, um, he exists. Yeah, that's all. That's all. I, I, I think that's everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have anything to say about Yorgos. And we, I mean, you, you think Mamu's interesting, but I think you agree that he's just not not there. Yet. Oh, he's he's interesting because he's like. There's nothing about him you look at and you're like, this is going to work. <laughs> and then you watch him do some stuff and you're like, oh, wow, this guy, to quote Rohan from earlier, it's like, this guy's got some ideas. You know, he's got <laughs> he's got big ideas. You give, you give Sandman the ball and he's got ideas everywhere. Like, he's thinking of everything he could do. Whether he can actually do it, that's a different matter. Him, he, but, him and Jordan Moore have some, they have, some, they have a fun They've got here. good chemistry. Yeah, they clearly... And I think just generally, Manu, he seems to have like bedded in really well with the team. Um, as a two-way guy, that's a big advantage to do that now and to get those chances now because otherwise, like you could just never see anyone and heard season starts and you just you're in a different world entirely. And then you're you know you're cut and you're out of the league and that's that story. So I think he's had a chance to do something here and playing and playing pretty terribly is not a it's not a bad thing. Like. It's, is it's it good? closer to his best case scenario than his worst case scenario. That that's a good way to put it. 
Uh, also, we should, uh, we'll just say this. Yannis and Chris are really good. Yeah, We didn't sure. mention them at all. I, I was kind of, I think it thought it was fun that we didn't talk with those two guys at all. Because yeah, it's a given. Like, yeah, we, we know. We talk about all the other stuff. Yeah. No, but Chris, Chris is putting up back-to-back, like, high 20 score performances. You know, it, it's good. It's good. Chris but, attacking the basket in this game was intriguing. I, I think we might do a podcast later this week. We'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. But I we'll just see, thought we'll it was it. good. We had to look at all this. It's just there's weird situations. And it's a good to call out Giannis and Chris have shined, mostly heat game aside, despite all the flux around them, but they, they certainly have. And especially we, we ask, Oh my God, they're winning games. Yeah. It's Giannis and Chris. Yeah. Yeah. That is. Do you know how many fouls the Nassus is averaging per 36? Five. I'm going to go with more than that. No, 6.1. I was going to go with nine. I was uh, like... just a, let, let's expose the, let's expose the chat here. Uh, we, we were talking about the, in our uh, Eurostep group, <laughs> group DM about, uh, the Gnosis and because Ty and I couldn't catch the start oh. of the game and Adam was keeping us updated. Uh, Adam said, oh, the Gnosis is on the bench with fouls. And this was like in the middle of the first quarter. Uh, Ty thought he had fouled out. <laughs> is it that unrealistic though? <laughs> no, it's not. Which is It was like fun. a minute in. He, he had a foul, which was... It was like pretty, 10 seconds in, right? It was... No, it wasn't. It wasn't when when I looked at the box score, we were like six minutes into the game. I didn't... I thought we were halfway through the first quarter and he had fouled out. To be clear, not one he, minute. He had a cheap foul... Bud pulled him pretty quickly after. Now, that might have just been part of the plan because for him, Pat came in and then TA came back in when Giannis went for his kind of typical, you know, five minutes into the game, I'm going to go and have some rest. So maybe that was all part of the plan, but it was also like a typical just Tanasis is being overly aggressive. He's picked up a foul already. But no, he had not fouled out within like three and a half minutes. That, that would have been, been epic. He does not lead the uh, league in fouls per. I mean, he's. I think he's done that before. He's come very close. Ooh, can like, I guess? Yeah, you can guess. It's not that exciting, honestly. Just while you think about this, I'm going to remind you that it is. It is past 4 a.m. for me. Just going to remind you that. Darius Garland, who hasn't played. What? Uh, Darius I'm Garland. I saw on the Bucks. Played. On the Bucks. Oh, on the Bucks. On the Bucks. Yeah. On oh, the I thought, I thought it was the whole league. No. It's it's not it's not that fun. It's Rodney Hood because he's only played ten minutes. But Rodney Hood is averaging uh, seven point two personal fouls. Also, his nice. per thirty six plus minus is forty six point six. Advanced stats start Rodney Hood. <laughs> and that's a great place to wrap it up. <laughs> Advanced stats all around this pod. Uh, uh, this is fun little dis, uh, discussion on all things injuries, all things Bucks, fun times. Thank you, Adam. For this collab, it's good to talk to you again. We had Jordan on her, uh, last week. We have you got you on today, Adam. It's we're gonna we're gonna have more stuff going forward with the whole GSPN crew. Make sure you are subscribed to everything GSPN. What is there? There's the YouTube channel, Eurostep Podcast Network on YouTube. There's the Substack, GSPN.substack.com. Make sure you're subscribed. Most importantly, make sure you are subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. On Apple, leave a five-star review. Come on, what are you doing, people? Five stars. And also on places that are on Apple because you are both biased, supposedly. You, I don't think you can. There are some. There are definitely some. Oh. I mean, are we going to find them? Mm. Well, leave a five-star review. If you leave one somewhere can. not Apple, maybe alert us to the fact that you Yeah, let us know. Yeah, send it. Send <laughs> Tweet it to us. Please yeah. do. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're watching, uh, watching this on the YouTube feed, all of our Twitters are on the screen so 
there you go. That's a, if you're not, go watch the YouTube. That's how you find <laughs> That's a little plug right there. And um, if you go follow Rohan at that handle, he's going to be tweeting and he's not going to be reading. This is, he's learning. This is we'll see. New way of life. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning how to navigate the Twitter sphere. Now, it's, I've been here for five years, but <laughs> I'm just learning how to do it now. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for listening. Uh, go Bucks. We'll talk to you next time.